Wholeness means to me being in a state of joy. Wholeness means feeling complete, owning my authentic gifts. Wholeness is really connected. Everything is connected to, to everything. Wholeness is where we have access to all parts of ourselves. When I happened upon Lisa Campion's book, I was drawn in an unusual way. And as I listened, I was having all sorts of aha and amen moments. I love the simple and clear way that Lisa shares and teaches about the kinds of gifts that some, without some guidance, can feel really uncomfortable or even wrong. I learned so much chatting with Lisa, and I'm sure you will too. She is trained as a therapist, gifted as a Reiki master, and passionate about training and empowering empaths, psychics, and healers, since she believes that the world needs all the healers it can get. Because there's kind of two styles of awakening. There are the people that have this sudden psychic opening, and that's like somebody turned on the light bulb, you know, flipped the light switch. And that can be a little, it can be really exciting, but often can be overwhelming for people. This, you might feel sort of flooded with psychic information. I think it's particularly challenging when it's visual, if you're a visual psychic, because all of a sudden you're seeing stuff, you're seeing, you know, spirits, you're seeing energy around people. And that, I think, I think seeing is believing. So when we see it, it's a little more like, whoa, my goodness, what's happening? And I do see these sudden psychic openings around people who have faced loss, have lost somebody, have had a near-death experience, mm-hmm. have, you know, done, like thrown themselves into um, spiritual practice. Like you went on, you went on a super intense yoga te- teacher training and you spent eight hours on the mat meditating and boom, you know, like your psychic pops open. And that, that's a little bit of a, um, a different process. We have to learn how to ground and clear and shut it down and just kind of manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens, I think more often is people have sort of a slow awakening. It's a little more peaceful when that happens. It's just kind of like you have, imagine the dimmer switch and somebody's gradually turning on, um, you know, illuminating the room that you've been in. And you may, if that's happening for you, you might notice you have more dreams. You might notice you're sort of in the flow of synchronicities or signs and omens. You become aware of that, that your intuitive senses kick in. Like you just kind of know stuff. Like you might find yourself say, oh, I knew, I knew that was going to happen. Or I have a good, bad feeling about something um, that, you know, it's kind of a, a, a more like awakening to, um, to the, to a non-ordinary reality that's really happening around us all the time. Mm. Do you think that it's happening more or are people just, is there just more people to talk about it? What's, what's your idea about that? Do you think that's yeah, totally. I think it's happening more for a couple mm-hmm. of reasons. I think that we're, you know, we're in the shift of human consciousness. People mm-hmm. call it ascension. It's got a lot of different words, but it's sort of this acceleration of human awakening that's happening. And mm-hmm. spiritual, um, like the spiritual awakening is is really what's happening. And psychic ability is a byproduct of spiritual mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. So when we um, engage in spiritual growth, we awaken sort of the skills of a healer. So you may kind of feel like you can do some healing and that you're more psychic. I think every generation is born a little more psychic than the last one. Mm-hmm. And I think that we do a lot of things now that people, you know, uh, we have these really powerful spiritual tools that are very common that we didn't used to have. Like, you know, 
200, 300 years ago, you'd have to climb to the mountain in Tibet and get to the right. top of the monastery and bang on the door. And maybe they would teach you yoga, yoga and meditation and Reiki. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe not. And now we have yoga, meditation and Reiki on every street corner, which right. I think is a great thing. You yeah. know, but so many more people are engaging in these spiritual practices that tend to wake. I always say those are the three gateways into like psychic opening, you know, um, and we, we do them and lo and behold, our, you know, our skills increase. I also feel like it's probably always been part of who we are as humans. And now it's just a little more okay to talk about it. Right. So I think people are sharing, you know, um, and I'm like, I was born in the sixties and my gifts were really strong when I was a kid. And I knew back then, like, it wasn't okay to talk about it because mm-hmm. you're going straight to the mental hospital if you talk about seeing angels and talking to dead uncle fred that wasn't a good thing you know right i think now there's a little more like okay it's been happening all along but we're just finally feel safe talking about it i think i think you're right i i definitely feel like my grandma uh, i get to do a lot of you know she gets so thrilled that i get (laughs) to live a little bit like i do and she never did you know like she never did and and had a lot of health problems. And I wonder if that's part of it, you know, like she did, she was not her own person because of the time that she lived yeah, in. Absolutely. Well, I guess we one way to start with is just to define the word psychic. Cause I think that word alone, that is, that idea is, is seems so big. And that's what I like. I liked about in your book as you kind of helped us understand and and give us some context around even that word psychic. So how would you describe that? Yeah. People get all freaked out about that word. (laughs) It's like, exactly. Um, It's got a lot of baggage um, for some people that word. And, um, you know, but I think there's really like, I make a distinction between intuition and psychic ability. First of all, everybody has some. And I, I think that it's more like athletic ability or musical ability. We've all got some. And it's part of our, it's very natural. It's just part of us being human, you know, human nature. Um, I don't think we would have survived very long as humans without it. It seems very functional and important. And and we need to like develop it. So we need to work on it. Mm. Um, But I think intuition, the way I define it is sort of our inner knowing. And that's just, I actually really love the term ESP, sort Mm. of an old school term, but Mm -hmm. extrasensory perception. I feel like psychic people, process more of the sensory data than other people do mm-hmm. consciously like we're just more aware of maybe what's happening we're kind of putting things together in a symbolic way um a little more fluidly than other people do but intuition is sort of how we can navigate using our inner wisdom and we experience that maybe as like everyone's had this experience having a really strong first impression when you meet somebody mm-hmm. you know you're just like right off the bat you're like yes or no or you know that person's mm-hmm. shady or that I really, really dig that person. Um, That's a really common intuitive experience, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's sort of a knowing that defies sort of our rational or even goes Mm -hmm. contrary to what our rational mind is telling us. And we do need to kind of work on it to to develop our intuition more. Mm -hmm. We need to pay attention. We need to act on it a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. We need to notice it and honor it in some ways. But psychic ability is... And the way that I define it is when we connect to information from outside of ourselves. Well, so what does that mean? That's like our spirit guides. That's the angel. That's dead Uncle Fred. You know, that's when we have, um, you know, we, we all have a spirit team. I've done psychic readings for a long, long time and never met 
anyone that didn't have a team of advice, spiritual, non-physical spiritual advisors around them, thank God, because it's really hard <laughs> to be here on planet earth. And right. it nuts if we try to be, you know, down here without some help. So we have the spirit team with us and psychic ability is sort of reaching for information outside of our own system. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a little more training, a little more mm-hmm. finessing, but I think it's, it's good to start by acknowledging and bolstering your, your intuitive, what you're already getting. That's your own inner knowing. Mm. Yeah. And I, I loved it. And that's why I'm like, I mean, I've shared the book so much and it's like, it's called mm-hmm. psychic, you know, but I'm like, just read it. <laughs> it will make more sense. But I, I think it's um, the thing that I think is so was so helpful about that book is that I love that. And you've said it just a few times now is like the idea that that you might like to, you might need to practice it or that's part of the process. Cause a lot of times I know for myself, you watch a psychic on TV and you're like, oh, I don't do that. You know, like it, you know, like you don't think you think you have to be full on, you know, in order to have this kind of gift. And I think there's different, probably different um, levels of gift, you know, or whatever, for sure. And you'd probably be the best one to talk about that. But, but the fact that a, a practice that I had a good mentor tell me, he says, look, somebody that is a gifted pianist spends hours a day still practicing the piano and that that's, mm-hmm. we'd call them very gifted. And sometimes that doesn't get transferred over into this, this kind of gift. And then I think people, you know, I think a lot of people uh, miss out. And like you say, I think especially young children, because the other people, uh, you know, parents and grownups don't understand they we, they shut off young, you know, because yeah. it, a look, all you need is a look. You don't have a, nobody sits you down and says, Hey, remember when you said that that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> don't say that. They, yeah. Sometimes absolutely. They did. We get the vibe real clear that it right. freaks out, you know, that it's right. free, real or, quick. I mean, real quickly. And I mean, I have heard horror stories from my students about like, they were, when they were little kids be like dragged off to the church and having the priest throw holy water on them. You oh know? gosh. Yeah. You oh. know, I, I've heard some, or taken to the doctor or taken to the psych ward or, you know, yes. just like whatever, uh, like sat in the corner, like punished, yep. you know? Yep. Yeah. It's true. And, and, you know, it is true. Yeah. And a lot of us, I think have some trauma, honestly, around yes. us. I certainly did. Yes. And when I have people in my psychic training programs, we often have to unpack whatever trauma, mm-hmm. maybe the trauma was being punished or rejected or mm-hmm. having been told that you're crazy, you know, mm-hmm. um, or having seen things or experienced things that were really scary when you were a kid, you know, right. like that, that happens. It's so common. We, so we just hit this switch. We just shut it off, you mm-hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. and then we, you know, we grow up and we, <laughs> we start our spiritual exploration. We take a yoga class, we learn Reiki and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, it sort of opens back up again, or we have really psychic children and we have to deal with it again that way. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think that's, there's just a lot of wounding. People have been very sort of wounded around, you know, their abilities if they've been rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can reject them ourselves, depending mm-hmm. on our own, like if you grow up thinking it's the devil or, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your culture and religious, you know, upbringing and, and sort of messaging that you have around the, whether this is cool or not, like I real am su- super thankful for my hippie parents, yeah. <laughs> liberal hippie parents who right. like took me to transcendental meditation when I was 10 and they yeah. I didn't know what was going on with me, but they didn't punish me right? You know, for what I was experiencing. And um, I'm, I'm super grateful for that. Yeah. I, I definitely had several kids too, especially that I can think of who were seeing the doctor on a weekly basis at the psych psychiatrist, not this and a ther- therapist, you know, trying to figure yep. out 
um, these things. And when you just ask a, a couple of questions and they tell you things they aren't supposed to know and, and, oh. and their parents were well-meaning, you know what I mean? Their parents were, were well-meaning in trying to get help for them. But I, I, I'm like, that's why I'm like, read this book and you'll, you'll see these things oh, are normal. Like, you know, this yeah. is whether you like it or not, this is what's happened. You know, these things are part of their lives. And I love the way you talk about, you know, even that extra sensory, because we do, I feel like, um, even though I was listening to some of your your videos or earlier, and um, I love the way you say go to the body, because that's the thing is our body is that messenger. I, I thought about this as I was reading in your book, like, sometimes, um, and I, you might have already answered this with intuition, but sometimes like, uh, sometimes I, I get tripped up, or I feel people get tripped up when they, they want to know the difference between a psychic hit or like they've manifested something. Do you know what I mean? Or a sign from their angels versus like they've manifested something. Do you know what I mean? And where do those cross or what, how, how would you answer that, that question it, better than I could? <laughs> I guess it's like a, it's sort of a, a we have to sort of take that on a case by case basis. Cause we make up stuff in our own head, you know, all the time. And, mm -hmm. and that, you know, sometimes it's like our imagination taking over. But what I really notice is, um, a real psychic hit has a very neutral emotional. Mm -hmm. um, some people, you know, people often ask me, how do I tell the difference between the crazy nonsense I make up in my own head versus mm -hmm. a real psychic hit? And the answer is if it's very neutral, um, you know, even if it's a big deal, mm -hmm. just psychic information just sort of comes through like a fact in a way, like, oh, mm -hmm. well, that's a thing, you know? And and we are make if we're like triggered, nervous, reactive, you know, anxious, that's not a psychic hit. That's, mm -hmm. that's our own inner neurosis sort of taking over for a minute. And I um, mean, it, it is scary if you don't know how to tell the difference, but I think that's the first stage of telling the difference, you know? And I mean, we manifest things all the time and I, I don't know, like we, we create our own reality. We create signs and omens. And I think that's sort of part of our spiritual mojo, like our mm -hmm. spiritual magic and psychic ability is a part of that. You know, like it's a part of our creative force as humans. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're real, they're really connected in mm -hmm. manifesting magic in your life and psychic ability, spiritual ability. But we sort of cut, we, we put the cutoff point at triggered. If you're triggered, if you're reactive, it's not, it's not mm -hmm. that. It's, thing, it's usually a wound or a problem that's sort of arising up in you that's asking to be healed. Mm, that's a good way of putting it. And it, I'm almost putting it together because sometimes <laughs> from the last question, because I think sometimes, you know, if you tell somebody this big, this thing, and they think it's, it, it's, they're like, oh, it's so big, but it wasn't necessarily big for you. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't something that really blew you away. So then you're like, oh, well, that must not be it, you know, and then or, or you kind of pull away. And so that really answers some things for me because because when I, if I tell somebody some of these experiences I might have, or, or I, or some of my clients have, you know, it, it seems like this huge, big thing, you know, that you would never walk away from and your whole life is now you're going to never have any problems or you're never going to try again, I guess, because, or, you know, do any, do anything wrong because you've had this, you know, this, this visit or whatever, you know, and, it, but it wasn't, it just felt normal, you know, and I, and that's what I appreciated in your book because you you I told you before I says you you have you have a vulnerability to your to your way that you teach and the way that your book was at least that was very helpful because um 
it, 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 I felt like you were working with me and walking with me along the path instead of just telling me the, the stories of how that goes. But in your book, you talked about, you know, you just some background as far as like, you know, when tell, tell us about that first experience with, with your guides or, or the first memory you have, which is along, it's, you were, you were young. You were young. a baby. Yeah, baby. Was, uh, yeah, the baby, the baby lying in my crib. Wow. And um, I could see like all these like luminous beings standing around me, like light filled beings, blowing me kisses, talking to me. And it was like a party and they were all glowing and it was like rainbows and stars. It was so pretty. And yeah. then my mom walks in the room, opens the door, walks in the room and they all disappear. Mm. That um, that's my very, very, very first memory ever. But, you know, I just was one of those like psychic kids I see dead people I had um I called them the gray people in my room mm. my house were haunted and I, I think it was haunted because I lived there you yeah. know and as a psychic child psychic children are often sort of ghost magnets you know mm -hmm. so it's not like you know eight million people died in my house it's just like all the neighborhood right. spirits came around and they would sit around my bed and I would they I called them the gray people when I was little they were mm -hmm. sad they were lonely they were, I just felt sorry for them. And I would listen mm -hmm. to them. I was never scared. I'm, I've really hardly ever been scared of spirits. Mm -hmm. People, on the other hand, terrify me on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> but Got it. Spirits never understand. Never have. Yeah. So I would just feel like, oh, I knew if I listened to them and I, like, they told me their story, they would feel better and then they would go away, you know? Mm. So uh, my, my whole childhood was just like, and I remember like, not being able to tell the difference kind of between what I was seeing. So I'd walk into a room and I would see some, I'm a visual psychic. So that's one of my strong, and I'd, I'd see things and I'd kind of watch to see, but like, does that, does that, does other people see that? You know, there was my mom. Um, I don't think this story made it into my book, but it's a good one. And my mom's best friend, we would go over there a lot. She had a, a daughter my age and we would play, but there was this dead girl on the stairs and she was like a, kind of a creepy spirit and I didn't like going over to that house because I'd have to walk by her on the stairs and she would look over your shoulder while you were playing and she was cold and sort of creepy and I the first time I saw her I was like I remember saying to my mom I thought there was only one daughter mm. and there and my my mom's like well there you know I, I just got used to people kind of staring at me strange because I'd be like is that you know that thing and, and so that took a little bit of orienting. That was a little challenging. Um, and I really spent a lot of time trying to fit in and pretend to be normal and try to figure out what's going on with me. Mm -hmm. So I, I had this sort of revelatory moment when I, when my parents told me I couldn't go to the movies, but I went with my friend. I think I was 12 and we went to see the movie Poltergeist. <laughs> and <laughs> and there's this. Yeah, of course. It was great. <laughs> I was riveted. Everybody was really scary when that came out, but I was like, Mark, you know, this is my life. <laughs> yeah, there's this psychic, this professional psychic. Right. And, and I remember being 12 years old, old and being like, oh my God, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm wow. Do that. Yeah. And, and then she says this little thing about like what a ghost is and how, how you help them and how they get formed. And I was like, you know something you know uh -huh. and it's it it started sort of a lifelong love i have of horror movies and paranormal movies i got a very bizarre paranormal education by watching i mean because this was this like the 70s and 80s there were no yeah. in the library there were no there was no spiritual teachers there's no podcasts like this. right no internet think about right, it right. you know 
So I was like, dang, I was just like hunting for any little information I could get about what was without trying to freak people out around me, you know? Um, (laughs) I remember going to the library and being like, do you have any books about ghosts? And she was like, ghost stories. And I'm like, no, I mean, actual ghosts. And she was like, you know, (laughs) Um, and I think like it was really kind of painful for me. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it, um, inspired me to write the books that I wish I could have found in the library when I was searching to be the teacher that I wanted to find it that I really couldn't you know to help mentor and train people to go through the process in a more graceful and easier way than I did because I did it all the hard way Mm -hmm. you know and if I can help somebody you know manage their gifts and open open up and find the purpose of them because I believe they're very purposeful Mm-hmm. then that's really, that's really what motivates me. That's really what I think my life purpose is. Mm. Yeah. And I want to talk more about that, but first, what are your top three favorite movies? <laughs> oh, favorite ones. I'll tell you the ones that were really um, impactful. Impactful. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, was Poltergeist. Yeah. And this movie called um, The Changeling. Yes. Um, was I watched really that over good. and over again. Oh my God. It's such a good one. Another one called Ghost Story. Okay. Um, it's classic sort of old, you know, old yeah. haunting story from the eighties, you know, and then anything sort of in paranormal, like close encounters. Oh my God. Star Wars was probably the most impactful. Really? And, yeah. And this idea that there was a, the force, you know, that we're made of uh, energy because I could yes. always see that, you know, can we see this? And Yoda's like, we are luminous, we made luminous eggs, you know, we're not this body. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and, um, that, that really informed a lot of myself because I, I wanted to be a Jedi Knight when I was a kid more than anything. I love it. You were. You were. Do you find with your students, um, <clears throat> do you think that it's easier? Do they do they kind of, you know, I, I can see how growing up and stuff, having that sight, you know, came with a lot of baggage, I guess you could say. Yeah. But also, do do you find that your students, you know, is it e- is there a way that it's easier with sight, or do they all wish? Do do, do we all want to have the sight, or should we not want that because you know, uh, you know how that goes? Because oh my god, I do know how that goes. Such yes, question. Yeah, and you know what's what's sad or unfortunate about this is that sight, psychic seeing, has become sort of synonymous with psychic. Mm-hmm. So now you know people say, well, what did you see? You know, it happens to my the people that I teach Reiki all the time and their, their clients say, what did you see? And if you don't see anything, you think you're not psychic, mm-hmm. um, but it's really only one out of like nine different, you know, psychic senses. Mm-hmm. And it, and so I really like changing the word to perceive, to experience. Mm-hmm. And so what did you perceive opens you to, well, I didn't see anything. I'm not psychic, but I heard this and I knew this and I felt mm-hmm. this and I felt mm-hmm. that my body and I, you know, smell and taste that and, you know, all the Mm -hmm. things, right? So we, or experience, what did you experience? When we change that vocabulary, it opens us. I've just Mm -hmm. seen a lot of extremely psychic people totally reject what they were getting because they weren't seeing anything. Mm -hmm. So I think we, you know, I'd really like to like undo that if I can. Yeah. 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 And, and I thought that was, you know, throughout the book, there's a lot of different meditations, you know, and there's even like, I played over and over again, the, the, the map through the realms and those kind of things, yeah. uh, which was just fascinating. And to, even to, to, to feel my own comfort zone, you know, I, I'll have to tell you what I, 
sometime I'll, I'll have to tell you what yeah. I experienced. Oh my gosh, I'm dying <laughs> to know. That, you know, it was fascinating, but, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, like I say, with that balance in your book of just some, some vulnerability, some, I, I thought it was, you, you, you honored the, the idea that somebody with mental illness doesn't, shouldn't work on this, you know, like you, you, you honored and, and respected, uh, the, the, the Eastern medicine and Western medicine type philosophies, you know, as well as, you know, just teaching some, some basics that I thought, I just think, oh my gosh, I really think that people really need to like read the book mm -hmm. so that, cause I just, yeah. there's just so much, I mean, honestly, like we've talked about before, every child under the age of, I, you know, I don't know every, I mean, and then younger adults too, but like kids that come in to me, they all, I always know they have some sort of ability that they're dealing with if they're struggling, especially if they're struggling. I mean, it just yeah. seems to work out that way. Well, and, um, you know, like you say, we, we used to, we used to have no amount of, you know, gravity used to be something that kept us down. Now we, we actually can move gravity and work with gravity to fly around the world, you know? So, but back in, you know, how many years ago that would have been unheard of, you know? And so we kind of look at those things like, you know, we bent that law, right? We kind of bent that law and maybe that's, maybe we can take that kind of that idea or that permission and move it into these other ideas. Cause they're, you know, they're, they're showing up for people and a lot of people get um, it's, you know, they don't know what to do with themselves. They go, either they feel they go inner shamed or they're shamed by someone else. And it's causing a lot of, of trauma. Like you, like you say that trauma. Yeah. yeah. It's quite difficult. I think for people and, and really working with fear, you know, um, so it's one of the first things I talk about or first things I teach when I teach psychic development classes, we, we have to talk about fear. I get mm -hmm. messages constantly. I really want to do this, but I'm terrified. Yes. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> that's legit. Like, you know, a lot of our ideas we have about this come from watching movies, paranormal movies, horror mm -hmm. movies. It doesn't work out very well for the poor psychic <laughs> in the horror movie. I mean, You're right. honestly, you know, so, um, so we, we have to kind of unwind what we're afraid of. We're afraid of, you know, that people will think we're crazy or, or that we're going to go crazy or that we're going to attract negativity to us. We're going to see more bad things. Um, that it's going to feel out of control somehow, you know, so we, I think the very, very first thing we need to do is examine what we're afraid of. There's sort of these restraining forces that are on us that prevent us from, from really stepping into that gift. We're afraid, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear their psychic messages mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and kind of shut them down too, because you're, sometimes it's all about like, yeah, you forgot milk at home and, you know, um, don't forget your umbrella today. Sometimes it's that, but sometimes it's really deep stuff. Like, mm -hmm you know, that it's, you're that, you know, are you sure about that marriage you're in? Like, you know, and I remember waking up in the middle of the night, like, boom, sitting upright in bed, like one of those moments and just hearing this voice ringing in my ear, like, you're going to get divorced now. Mm. And I was like, no way. And my kids were like one in three and five years mm. old. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that was not on my agenda. Like, and it happened about two years later, two years after that. And I was just this like, and I, I, even though I know better, I was like, la, 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 I didn't just hear that, you know? And um, yeah, so I think there's sort of that, that we go through too, where we can sort of shut down because we don't always want to hear what mm -hmm. the 
um, information we're getting is. Yeah. And I think that's another important part too, that people see in more of a black and white, and maybe we need to open it up, open up the perspective or the, the spectrum is that you always have your own wheel, you know, you always have your own will and that, that always plays into, to everything. And that, so there's not so much getting it wrong, you know, because, you know, if that works, cause that's, that's the thing is, I mean, uh, it wasn't a mandate. You didn't take it as a mandate to get divorced. No, I didn't. I just took it as a foreknowing, you know, mm-hmm. and then I did everything that I could not to. Right, not to right. I did couples therapy. I did, you know, I worked it hard not to. Right. Um, and of course we always have choice. We always have free will. Um, we always have sovereignty. And I feel like that's really, really important to hold on to. Um, as we go through our spiritual journey, not to give our power over to a psychic over to your divination tools or your pendulum or your cards or your angels. It's like, I've heard a lot of like the angels made me do it. Excuses for people, you know, gave up their sovereignty for, um, you know, and also we need to be very mindful of other people's sovereignty. So I talk a lot about ethics in this book Mm -hmm. and I care a lot about, um, teaching my psychics, my students, ethical behavior. Um, and, and what is our ethical responsibility around the information we perceive about other people? Mm-hmm. That was super important to me. So important. In fact, it was, you were going through the fears. I'm like, that's, I guess sometimes I would, that would be my fear is like, what if I leave somebody astray? You know what? Cause I've seen people like change their lives dramatically over what a healer has told them that they should do. And it's just devastating to me because uh, yeah. I, I don't ever want to to, to, to do that to anybody or to get to the, get to anywhere where I would feel like that would ever be appropriate, you know, to, to tell somebody what to do. So I think that's, um, and I think ethical psychics don't do that, you know? Yes. Um, you know, it's, we present options or we, um, we open up the field of possibility. We, you know, we do healing work. We, um, help people see things. Maybe they, um, might not have seen on their own, but of course, n- no psychic is a hundred percent, right? Right. Even the best psychics are right only 80% of the time. And, and so we, I think when we receive a psychic reading from somebody else, we have to really run it through our own truth meters and mm-hmm. make sure that it feels true to us. And I have also done a lot of cleanup work for clients who have been like jacked up by a bad psychic, mm-hmm. um, and is really damaged. And sometimes those psychics are purposefully either charlatans or scammers sometimes they're well-meaning people who just don't have enough training and don't know how don't have the ethical training and say you know there are two directive like oh my god your husband's having an affair and she get divorced well right no, I mean, no like that, that's like never a conversation that um that's going to happen you know if you're yeah. an ethical yeah, it's helpful to have coaching training because you're. It's really it's easier, better to ask questions than it is to give answers. Maybe in a truth, you know, yeah. and that's what happened for me. Like I started working as a psychic when I was nineteen, and this was like back in the eighties. Mm. And um, and I worked for a while. I graduated from college, and then I started working full time as a psychic. And I soon realized I did not have enough skill mm. to, to actually do this. So <laughs> I went back to school and became a therapist. Oh, good. And, oh that's right. Out, and combined therapy with psychic development because I, and I feel like that training has given me kind of this, you know, foundation yes. um, of, what, of how we help people, um, what's ethical and what, you know, where, what, what good boundaries are and how we kind of manage um, 
to be in a in a role where we're truly helping people and not just, you know, I don't know, doing all the crazy things badly trained psychics do sometimes. Right, right. I forgot about that. That's that is so right. I forgot that you that was also one thing that was impressive is that you kind of bridged those two worlds. And I thought that was that was really amazing and fantastic. Um so um I think we've talked about so many things that are um, so helpful, but let's say someone's just, you know, interested or, or they're starting to see, you know, first of all, let's talk about what are some of those really first signs that people can get when those things are opening, you know, like just kind of go through some of those and then, and then just kind of, uh, follow through with like, what's, what is a safe way? What are some things to, to be safe about that when we just start to, to go and when those things just start showing up or we have this inclination to think that maybe these abilities are opening um, within ourselves? Yeah, the very, that's a great question. The very, very first thing I tell people to do is go get a journal. In fact, I just published a journal called the Psychic Awakening Journal. It's sort of a companion book to this book, um, Awakening Your Psychic Abilities. And the journals really help because I, I tell people to start recording their dreams you know, recording their hunches, their nudges, their intuitions, their psychic kids, their the signs and omens you see in the world. If you pull, if you use divination tools and you're pulling oracle cards, which I think is a great idea, mm-hmm. um, or you're using tarot or you're using a pendulum, all of these divination tools that also help flex the muscle mm-hmm. of being psychic. We want to start recording everything in the journal because those experiences are very ephemeral, kind of like dreams. You could have like this massive psychic hit on a Monday where you're like, oh my God, I I see the light, you know? And then a couple of days later, it's kind of gone. Like yeah. it's sort of like, you know what I mean? It's like evaporated yeah. um, And so, unless you recorded it in your journal. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you do that, you're going to be amazed at how psychic you already are mm-hmm. right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And I think collecting things in a journal like that, start doing the, what we need to do. We need to pay attention. We need to listen. We need to honor all these things, like I used to say, if I wrote a book about psychic, um, psychic development would be called pay attention, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, like what's happening in your body, what's right, all things, you know, and collecting it all in that one place can be like a very foundational, um, way to kind of get started in a safe way. Mm, I love it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I tease sometimes. Cause it's like, if, okay. You know, like maybe hey so if I know I'm doing okay you know maybe show me this thing and then you see it and they're like all right maybe two I know <laughs> no no I'm not sure still show me another sign send me yeah. another sign right yeah. and I mean although you know I recognize that within myself I really felt like you gave me it was just kind of like you saw that in me and I was like okay that's okay that's that helps me you know just for you to acknowledge that that's that's that happens was was helpful because because you're like you say I mean you had you were poltergeist was your teacher <laughs> poltergeist was your teacher in fact who was teaching who taught you how to use all of the pendulum the cards or how did you learn that part of it you know I I was I've always been sort of lucky with my training even though it's been difficult but you know when I got to college then it was the 1980s and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it was the dawn of the new age hallelujah you know and there yeah. were books uh, I was working in a new age bookstore Oh, um, and there were books, there were psychic teachers and the bookstore I was working in was hosting the people mm. who were coming in um, and teaching. So I trained with some of the really um, 
you know, early runners in this kind of, you know, how to channel. I trained with a shaman for when I was in my twenties and learned some shamanic techniques. And, um, and I just would study and take classes and, you know, I, I was full on everything. This is what I was doing with my Mm -hmm. life. Um, so I, I would add, find a tool and sort of add it to my toolkit. And sometimes, you know, I've always been sort of on the cutting edge, like in the not early 1990s, I started doing house clearings. When you work for a psychic, as you work as a psychic, eventually somebody says, there's a ghost in my house. Can you help me? <laughs> you know, and I, I did 10 years of, of like paranormal investigations in the 90s wow. where anyone was doing it. I mean, people were doing it, but nobody was talking about right, it. Right, right. There were no TV shows. There were no books. There was no guidebook. Right. I made every mistake you can make along the way. And some of them were horrifyingly dangerous, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Really sick. It was I brought spirits home with me. It was horrible. Oh, dear. dear. <laughs> yeah. It was everything you can do. So I just kind of, then I, then I wrote, I started really writing and teaching about psychic self-defense. So you don't, so people wouldn't have to make the mistakes I make. And we can come into most of the time psychic work is very safe, mm-hmm. but there are certain things we can do that are quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, paranormal investigation is one of them. So I'm not saying don't do it. Just say, do it heads up. Um, people I think are drawn into that because it's sort of titillating. We really want to believe it's real, but we don't really believe it's real. And then, you know, then all of a sudden you're in the abandoned mental hospital with a Ouija board, you know, on, on Halloween. Um, and, and that's a bit like, you know, not quite believing in sharks, but chumming the water and then jumping in just to see if sharks are real. Right. You know, right. Um, and they, they are. <laughs> so <laughs> you find out the hard way. If right. you do that. So I, I teach a lot of psychic self-defense and talk a lot about that. And what do we do? There's sort of this catch 22 would never open someone up psychically without teaching them psychic self-defense mm-hmm. because as we get more sensitive and perceptive, we need more filters. We need better boundaries. We need to understand how to protect ourselves. Most of the time, it's just the energy of other people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the environments that we occupy. It's Murphy's Law. Put, they're going to put the psychic in the haunted Airbnb or hotel room every single time. <laughs> you know? It's like, okay, yep, I got the haunted room. There's 800 rooms in this hotel, but I got the one where there was a triple homicide last week. But, Great. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes we need help with the spiritual energies in the world that mm. don't have our best interests at heart, you know? Mm. So I think that that and to me because I was, was like I, I wanted to be a Jedi Knight. I told you that right. So yeah, I studied, yeah. studied martial arts and I was a martial artist and I was kind of like really wanted to travel and wanted to be street smart and wanted to move around the world and not be afraid. So I like I like this idea of psychic self defense. The more we know, um, the more street smart we are. Um, the more we can explore these realms without worry, without com- running into the dangerous things. Um, and, and if you don't know, you can wander into a, something dangerous without knowing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So on that a little bit, like, do you think that, um, you know, like, you know, there's like, there's people that are mean, alive people, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's people yeah. that are just like mean people, you know, and it does, is it just kind of like the same kind of dynamic except for on the other side, you know, I mean, are there you know, because I think, like you said before, I think people, I feel like they feel like there's like maybe one good angel and like a lot of, like they automatically put it as negative, you know, where is that true or how, what would you say to that? Or I, you know, on that? 
heard a lot of different theories on that. One of my old psychic teachers said that he felt like the world was divided into thirds. Like mm. third humans, a third spirit guides, and a third entities. Mm. Non-helpful human spirit. Non-helpful entities being right i feel like sometimes i feel like that sort of rings true for me i don't know mm -hmm. if it's really the truth mm -hmm. um i do think if you were kind of a jerky person you might be a jerky ghost right but that definitely does happen like um <laughs> but you know there is a lot this is a very dense planet like there's a lot of negativity we got sort of 50 percent light and 50 percent dark down here mm -hmm. and so we have to deal with that the dark thing sometimes mm -hmm. um and I don't have to tell you that you just watch the news and you right. know, like, you know what I mean? And there's sort of a, the spiritual equivalent of that darkness. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it hangs around in places where bad things happened. Mm -hmm. I love you the know? word dense because that's, that's almost the feeling of it. Like it's just, yeah. it's just, it's just dense. It's dense and dark and we don't always do good things to each other as humans. Right. And, when the, and like battlefields are places that are notoriously haunted places mm -hmm. like, prisons, mental hospitals, you know, because a lot of bad energy, you know, is hanging out if that's even denser. So the density is even denser in particular areas. That's where you get sort of hauntings or poltergeist or, you know, astral being negative astral beings, whatever you want to call them, you know, right, they're, right, right. they're around. Chances are good. They're not living in your living room, mm -hmm. but if they are, you know, you, there are things you can do. That's when you call in the pros to, you know, to get help. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, <clears throat> um, you know, here at the Wholeness Network, we we talk about this idea of, of wholeness. And I think you use the word at least once in your book, because it always put, perks me up when I, <laughs> when I hear it. But I, we always like to ask, like, just tell us a little bit about what you consider wholeness or the idea of wholeness in, in your world or in, in your way mm -hmm. of thinking. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I so love that you have a whole network about that. That's just mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, I feel like we are already whole and moving even more and more into wholeness, you know, that that's kind of the, the take that I have on this. I would say as a psychic, we look at the whole picture, the whole picture of who we are as humans and the whole picture of what's going on. And the more finely tuned your psychic abilities are, the more you see the wholeness of, of the picture, um, which provides a lot of really beneficial, helpful information for people that need, you know, they're, they're going through something or they need help on the spiritual path. So that's sort of my spiritual journey is trying to fill in, like figure out what's really going on. What is the whole picture? Who are we as whole beings? Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, I, I don't know. I think we need to see the light and the dark at the same time. That's what we have a shadow side. We need to look at that, but we also need to own our light. We need to look at that too. We're both. And to me, that's the whole picture. Feel empowered every day with wholeness videos, meditations, downloads, classes, and more by joining the Wholeness Library at thewholenessnetwork.com.